Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Reframe. Uh, good morning, everybody. It is Monday, April Shoot, 27th, 27th. 27th. Oh, it's 11.11 a.m. At 11.11. That's good luck. It is. This might be our best episode yet. I highly doubt that. Well, we need the luck. I'll take the luck. <laughs> So how have you been the last week? Pretty good. Um, Had a very nice weekend. Um, We did a tie-dyeing project at the house. Fun. Yeah, super fun. Making gifts for a lot of people. And also, um, Gabriel built a really nice raised garden bed in our backyard. Lovely. Yeah. So got some, did some projects. It felt good. What about you? Yeah. Uh, again, like I have such a hard time thinking about what happened in the past, even though I'm talking about like yesterday. Um, but actually yesterday I left the city limits for the first time since March 12. Whoa. Did you get arrested? Did they stop you? No, no. And I, I'm such a rule follower. I had it like in my mind, like what I would say. I bet you were sweating bullets. <laughs> you were white knuckles. But I had a good reason that I think fall falls within the regulation i know i'm i'm ridiculous i'm ridiculous what was that reason well i so i mentor a young man a 19 year old who uh grew up in foster care and uh he was in need of groceries and uh so i was heading into boulder to help him with that oh that's nice yeah Yeah, they probably would have let you go for that one i think so i mean it's like along the lines of helping the elderly and that sort of thing but I definitely had my narrative pre-written just in case. <laughs> what did you feel wild and free? Yeah. Um, I also, I stopped at a friend's house in Boulder to pick something up. And, uh, when I pulled up, she was like, you were bumping the music. I was like, I, I just had the best drive of my life. It was amazing. Of course my music was as high as it could go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. We complain so much about our commutes. I say we as in, I don't know, the population. I don't know. Maybe people like their commutes. But generally when people talk about commutes, it's in the negative. Right. And I have been missing mine lately, just that silence. Yeah. Or loud. Excessive noise. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever I'm feeling. Which could have something to do with where you and I are coming from. Uh, you know, my husband went back to work yesterday and he works very long days. So from 6.30 a.m. till 6.30 p.m., it was just me and the cats. Oh. That's a lot of togetherness for me and animals. Um, we had some great discussions. It was pretty one-sided. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I could see where, like, just needing human contact is, is kind of necessary in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Noise. I hear you. Well, that's a great reminder. I feel like I give this to 
this disclaimer every week now, um, but today it's for real, for real. Uh, my husband went back to work, so I'm alone with my kids, and I tried to put um, deep fear in them about interrupting us during this. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's, it's a crapshoot whether or not that'll work. So, um, there may or may not be, uh, little voices coming in at some point in time. I I appreciate the warning and I'm sure our listeners do as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what are we talking about today? You know, this actually came from a listener. Um, so exciting to get excited listener feedback. It's like um, TRL, Total Request Live right now. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love that show. <laughs> I'd run home and make sure that I had my snacks all lined up so I could watch it as soon as it came on. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're taking requests now, so. So, I, and I actually thought it was a great uh, idea and good timing. Um, she wa- wanted us to talk about nonprofit trainings, um, you know, things that are available, especially right now with so many groups offering free trainings, you know. Oh, we're, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, we're out of the office, and so lots and lots of free webinars, things to jump on, and uh, again, with varying degrees of quality and substance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, your company does trainings. Do yes. you not? Yes, we do. Yeah. What kind of trainings do you guys do? Um, so we host uh, twice a year a four-part series on uh, boards, how to be a good board member. So we cover finance, fundraising, uh, DEI, and board recruitment, and then just kind of the basics as well. Um, and then we will do trainings um, kind of one-off here and there. We did one with the local community foundation last year on program staff um, and development staff working better together. We did one on evaluation and fundraising with another consultant. Um, you know, oh, just- that's great. Yeah, I, I, it is probably one of my favorite parts of my job. I love, love, love training people um, and introducing new concepts in ways that hopefully let them click and give people tools that they can utilize. Um, but on the backside of that, as a trainer, we also have varying degrees of appreciation. So I, you know, I, I think we'll focus mostly on the uh, participant experience on this podcast, but I've, I've got some things to say as well as a trainer, um, especially when we do it for other entities and, and how they treat us. Oh, interesting. Well, no, you can't, you can't dangle that carrot and then expect <laughs> us to not dive further into that subject. Cause now you've piqued my interest. What do you mean? Um, well, I'll give the, the shining gold star to the Rocky Mountain Philanthropy Institute, which Brittany and I will be speaking at this fall. What? what? Um, so I spoke at it, I think, two years ago. Um, and it's a statewide um, conference for fundraisers. And you show up, and they've got a little speaker bag for you that had, like, aspirin, chapstick, water bottles. I mean, all the things you would need for a conference anyway, but especially at Altitude. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Handwritten thank you note, follow up immediately after, asking what we want done differently, Um, almost immediate uh, copies of our evaluation. I mean, they were just so grateful for all of that. Um, And then you got the other side. Um, I spoke at a statewide conference a couple years ago, and I actually did three different sessions for them um, where I 
it took four months to get my session evaluations. Um, I never once heard a thank you, any form of gratitude. The um, setup the day of was a mess. You know, like the AV wasn't what I had requested, what they had. I confirmed. remember that. It yes. went out in the middle of a session. Yeah. We had to call in IT. I mean, it was just, just a disaster. Um, and this conference, too, if I hadn't had sessions on both days, I wouldn't have had uh, registration the other day. So, Oh, you were only allowed entry for the day in which you were teaching a session? Yeah. And they don't pay us, to be clear. Like, for all of you attending nonprofit conferences, by and large, the people actually doing the breakout sessions, we are there for free. We are there on our own dime um, just because we want to provide those kinds of training. Oh, wait. We're not getting paid to do the RMPI conference this year? Oh, no. I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe they even want us. <laughs> I'm so, so anyway, excited. Yeah. I mean, I think j- because we're there for free, like give us both days of registration because yeah, we are putting on. a ton of work into these sessions and then just show some gratitude, right? Like because just show appreciation. Absolutely. Because to be clear, the attendees are paying to be there. Almost well, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a money-making endeavor for the people putting it on. Yeah. Well, and then, but they'll come back and say, well, you're a consultant. You're going to get so much business out of this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. The people who are attending the conferences, by and large, are there because they can't afford consultants, right? Like they're trying to learn so that they can literally bring it back to their organization and do it themselves. Right. And I, I feel like it's almost like a community service. Like I want to provide access to like board trainings to as many board members as possible. Um, and I'm not expecting them to then hire me on the back end of that. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, I've gone to those conferences. I remember the last one I went to, it might've even been the one you're talking about. And I went to a session on human resources Mm. because we don't have a human resources department. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm the development director, but I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, maybe I could pick up a couple of things that we could incorporate. And I had a few people that I had just hired that were coming on and really wanted to have an actual onboarding process, mm-hmm. which that is definitely another episode that we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> We've done so many episodes, now I'm even forgetting. Have we done an HR episode? We did one on hiring. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, uh, there's by a lot the way, more there. side note, this is episode 20 that we're recording right now. What? Not including minisodes, just full-length episodes. This is number 20. Holy cow, for all of you that have stuck with us, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And for all of you that are new, welcome. oh that's so exciting all right i know it'll be a year before we know it it will be sorry that was a total aside got us off track that's okay um so anyway that's the speaker experience what about ones you've attended yeah i've attended quite a few um are you talking about in-person trainings or virtual any all of it Yeah. yeah Well, We're just laying trainings bare today. Okay. Well, I, um, the ones that I've really enjoyed are the ones that 
fully understand the nonprofit experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who recognize, you know, the challenges, the lack of resources, that recognize that there's probably not one person who's dedicated to do whatever they're talking about, that it's going to yep. be incorporated sort of, you know, half-assed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that they can at least give you a couple of nuggets that are easy to implement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Because otherwise it just becomes a whole presentation on something that sounds great, but it ends up in a file in my desk of like when we have time. Yes. Sort of well, I, I've also noticed that sometimes folks will go up there and present really from a theoretical place. Like this is how you should do, let's say capital campaigns, but then they don't bring in a, any kind of real world world examples. Right. Right. Like this is what worked when I was working with these people, when I had this job, you know, it's just, these are best practices. And then they don't give you right. Like the specific tools. Okay. So you tell me that I need a feasibility study. Where do I even start with something like that? Right. right? Like, and how do I get the money for that if it's $30,000? Right. Yeah. I, those those sessions are so hard. And I also recognize, like, on the speaker side, it's hard to know who's in your audience, what size organization right. you're speaking to. And so you're trying to, you know, make it vague enough that it kind of applies to everybody. But sometimes you go so far, then it doesn't apply to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that happens. Yeah, you have a whole spectrum that you're trying to cater to and you don't mm-hmm. know exactly who's in the room. Yeah. What about you? What about some of the trainings that you've been to that you really enjoyed? Mhm. Um well, of course I love anything interactive. Um and it's been really interesting to see as so much has shifted online. Um the the firms, the companies, the the groups that are already equipped to to shift their in-person training to online and maintain engagement and the others who don't or can't. Um, like, so for my firm, actually we canceled our trainings mostly because we just didn't have time to market it in the middle of COVID right now. Um, but the training that we are continuing, we have already, you know, invested in new software and some fun things so that we can maintain all the engagement because you want to use a real, um, adult learning perspective and me talking at you for 90 minutes <laughs> yeah, is going to leave you with very little actually in your brain at the end of that. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate those that are utilizing these tools. I, and we talked about that a lot the last um, episode of just like what technology can be doing for us right now. Um, but on the other end of that, of course, are the people who maybe just aren't good trainers Right? Like the folks who are really unengaging, uninspiring. <laughs> right. Um, I also, this is just a pet peeve. I really hate when they use a bunch of quotes from other people. Like, I, oh. I don't give a shit what Oprah has to say on this. If, if I wanted <laughs> to know, I would just look it up online. Um, and then, oh, this one just really, this will make me check out so quick when they use scripture verses. Wait, What? Yeah, like biblical passages in their training. No, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, that's not appropriate. Not no. for this space. Mm-mm. Yeah. I really enjoy trainings that um, are mixed, that invite mixed audiences, meaning that, you know, as a development director, it's not just for development directors, but 
you could also have your CEO there. You could have board members there. You know, it's applicable to different audiences and that um, they then reaffirm things that I've already said. Yes, those are the best. <laughs> That's where I'm like, yes! <laughs> See, I've been saying that to you for the last three months, and you don't hear it when it comes from me, but now this third-party impartial person just said the exact same thing, and now you heard it. Thank you. Uh, hey, whatever it takes. Totally. Gosh, right? <laughs> whatever it takes. I did this session uh, last fall, um, and it was with a, one of our local community foundations. They hosted it and then brought me in um, for free, I would like to add. Uh, that's neither here nor there, though. Um, but it was for you know, how you bridge the program development staff divide. Um, and it was so great to see teams of development staff and program staff there together. Yeah, that's great. Um, and we had really encouraged it, too, so that then when we did, like, break out into um, – you know, like where you're actually workshopping things, you could talk, okay, in our team, how do we make this work? How, how do we take this concept and actually apply it to our organization? And they're doing it live in the session instead of then, you know, the development director going back and being like, here's what Nia says is best practice on how we do that, which right. is never going to work all that well. No. No. Well, you brought up the point about, um, the speakers networking and potentially getting clients, which you mm -hmm. said is harder than it sounds. But I think these trainings are a great opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, for um, just peer-to-peer -peer networking. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I love when they have the little cocktail hours. I mean, sometimes I stay, sometimes I don't. But it's nice to meet some more people and... And just be able to open up your network of, hey, has anybody ever done this before? You know, what went well, what didn't, that sort of thing. You're such an extrovert. I know, right? <laughs> You're like, cocktail hour, I'm out. If I don't know half the audience, I'm not going. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I will, but I, oh, I'm going to hate it probably. But half the audience probably knows you. Well, those are the settings I'm fine in. Yeah. Right? Like, if I know that it's, you know, one of our local foundation grant receptions where I've worked with half of the people in there before, I love it because then it is, like, true connecting with people I know. If it's about, like, meeting new people, oh. What are you going to do when we go on the road with the nonprofit reframe? Oh, that's totally different, right? Because then it's just about them coming and meeting us. Oh, okay, and it's, okay, it's okay. all structured and set up that way. And I, I promise you when we are done signing our books at the end of the night, I'm going back to my hotel room and sleeping. <laughs> uh, stick with me, sister. I'll take care of you. <laughs> so obviously right now, all in-person trainings are canceled. Um, and I, I've seen at least a lot either convert to online to webinar based or even new ones spring up. Have you been participating in anything like that? I have shared those opportunities <laughs> <laughs> with fellow coworkers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, FYI, if you're interested, here's this, you know, free webinar on how to use Instagram or something like that. Um 
But I, you know, if I'm being honest here, I have not actually done one in the last six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a ton of them and you know what it is? I, you know, I keep the email in my inbox because I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that. And then it just never happens. I I have to commit. Yeah. What about you? Have you done any? Yeah. Yeah. I've sat on a few. Um, so I probably have access to five different CRMs um, for various clients, which means then I also get all their emails on their webinars and their new integrations. And Oh, gosh. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, but some of them, actually, most of them had some sort of COVID response kind of webinar. Um, and I will admit, most of them I haven't attended live, but I've gone back and watched the recording of it. And, oh, my gosh, what a large degree of... Uh, Fluff success. Yeah. (laughs) Fluff. (laughs) Of just like fluffy nonsense. Well, part of it is like, you're a CRM company. Why do you think you are now like an expert in fundraising? And I don't know how anybody could come out and say, this is what you should be doing right now. Because this is unprecedented. Right? I mean, I don't think we're going to know until after the fact. And then even we... Even then, we'll look back and say, well, of these 20 strategies, it was probably different for each organization. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a tough time right now to be coming out as a quote-unquote expert. Yeah. Well, and I've seen a number of them, too, also engage uh, their clients, right? We're going to have somebody from the American Red Cross come on and, and talk about what they're doing. And this is me just being so cynical. And, uh, I also recognize that it makes no sense. I get really annoyed when it's these massive organizations. I know. Right. Like how the hell is that going to benefit me? Right. You know, with an under $2 million budget and you know, you're this massive national Mm. organization, but then they'll bring on somebody teeny tiny. And I'm like, Oh, they don't, they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Oh, like super tiny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're like, it's one staff member who used to be on the board and is now the executive director, development director, program director, finance, HR, all of it. Right. (laughs) So I'm basically saying they can't win. (laughs) Whatever they do, it's going to be wrong in my book. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's got to be relevant information um, and that's really tough right now. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that nobody can get it right. A, a lot of them have done a good job of finding various sized organizations to highlight. And so then you can kind of start to think about, okay, how do I scale this for my group? Um, and I also appreciate when the CRMs actually bring in nonprofit folks and don't just assume that their for-profit database management staff know what it's like in a nonprofit right now. Yeah. Did you feel like you needed to make a little disclaimer right there? I did. Yeah. <laughs> backpedaling a little bit on your initial opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love can it. Can we talk for a minute about a grant related trainings where like a foundation oh, or funder of some sort will put on a training specific to completing their application? Yeah. You mean how to create your logic model to be exactly what we're looking for? Yeah, yeah. That drives me crazy. It infuriates me. Uh, I was at a training, must have been last spring, last summer. Last spring. Uh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. (laughs) 
which is funny because you weren't there, but your grant writer was. I know. Um, this is another episode of Name That Funder for those who are listening. <laughs> uh, side note, how funny was it after the episode on foundation's responses to COVID that we had two people respond and ask what funder we were talking about and guess? <laughs> yeah, and got it right. They it was so good. So good. Yeah. Anyway, so this funder <laughs> held a who training. Sh- who shall not be named. Uh, they did a training on logic models um, specific to their grant. Um, and a, a few notes on it. First off, any foundation or funder of any kind who is asking grantees to attend a training, you have to, you have to recognize the power dynamic. Absolutely. Right? Oh, hey, here's find the power dynamic. We, we just found it. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> so you're, you're asking grantees, you're, you're taking their time. You're asking them theoretically to do it a specific way. That's why you're having a training on it. Um, because you're probably, it's probably some bespoke piece of your application. Um, good word. Go ahead. Good oh, word. I just I really like that word. <laughs> um, and, and at the end of the day, you're funding these nonprofits to do the good work. And if you don't identify that up front, I, I think it just it, – it further alienates and makes those conversations difficult. What really adds to it, though, is when your first speaker of the training says, we're doing this training because last year nobody got their logic models right. <laughs> Well, I mean, and we've talked about this before. My biggest concern with it is that it can affect service delivery. Exactly. I mean, if you're saying this is what your magic, magic model, your logic model, oh my, needs to look like, then now that's what you're focused on in your programming, right? Yeah. Where maybe that's not what you're what you're trying to learn from your program. Right. When they start driving your outputs and outcomes, and then you're building your logic model around that, they have potentially upended your programming and its delivery. Exactly. For one grant. And then it might even be a big grant, but the fact is, again, this is one out of potentially a hundred that you're applying for in a year. Right. And so now... You're using that same logic model potentially for these other funders, right? Because right. you don't have to, you know, recreate the wheel every time you're doing an application. And then it's just perpetuating this fake logic model. Right. Whereas if every organization sat down, looked at the programming, said, what are we trying to do with our program? How do we illustrate that? through metrics, what metrics do we need to be capturing and create their own logic model based on their own program and then put that out to funders? Mm -hmm. And don't make it a mandatory training, right? Like some organizations have incredible evaluation staff internally and they've got that shit dialed in. But when you now require me to spend three hours of my day sitting in your training instead of, you know, writing the grant actually doing program delivery, something like that. And then you multiply that by all the different funders who require something like that. It's like, how, how does a nonprofit ever get their job done? Exactly. Like, seriously. Exactly. Well, and not to mention, I mean, I know 
half a dozen to a dozen people that went to that training and none of them came out of that training with a clear picture of what was expected of them. <laughs> I know. We they were all, all were like, wait, what? I don't understand. We all stood in the parking lot and I, I was talking to one of my friends there and she was like, I, I have no idea what the fuck I'm supposed to do right now. Like I literally am more confused now than when I walked into it. <laughs> I mean, so if you're going to do that, if you're going to require people to come, sit through training, that's what has to be submitted, then make it simple stupid. Seriously. Make it super clear. Make it super easy to engage with during that period of time. Um, and also maybe just don't do it in general. Or just don't do it. Yeah. God. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year, right? Because my guess is that was probably last May, May, mm-hmm. June. May, June. Um. And I'm sure this grant will be due in July, August. So are they going to do it again? Are they going to convert it to a webinar? In which case, I hope they hire some better trainers who can not only deliver the content better, but do it in a virtual environment better. I know. We shall see. Stay tuned. I can't wait. I'm sure our listeners will hear about it. (laughs) Speaking of that, this has nothing to do with trainings, but... It's kind of closing the loop on a prior episode. Man, we're just ping-ponging around, mostly because of me today. I'm so sorry, everybody. I've had three cups of coffee. Um, so I love uh, We talked about, in a couple episodes ago, um, this funder who was requiring uh, hard copies of their application um, yes. due this Friday. Yes. Um, so actually, after we got off recording, I kept being, I was just so pissed. Like, the more I thought about it, the angrier I got. And finally, I was like, oh, wait. I own a consulting firm. I can do something about this. And so I emailed out to all of my past and current clients and said, if you are applying to this funder, get me your PDF by this date via email. I will print them out. I will compile them all and I will deliver them. So as soon as we're done recording today, I've got, I think, 10 manila folders downstairs ready to go deliver to this funder. I love it. When I saw your email, I was like, yes. It was so awesome, and my organization uh, took you up on that offer, so thank you for your mm-hmm. service. My pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a true example of seeing uh, a situation that is ridiculous and choosing to find a way to help people out. And, um, you know, my grant writer doesn't live where it needed to be delivered. Right. So what you're asking people to get in cars, cross city lines, mm-hmm. and put themselves at potential risk. One of my clients emailed back and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful because I have an inkjet printer at home. They want seven copies of this thing. Our actual application is 15 pages. So 15 times seven. I'm not going to do that math right now because I'm going to get it wrong. But that's a lot of copies on a little like inkjet printer. Can you imagine how long that would have taken? <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I have. And so I originally told uh, my grant writer, well, send it to me and I'll print it out. But my print- <laughs> my printer all of a sudden has a weird squiggle like in the middle of it that I cannot for the life of me figure out how, I don't know, maybe I touched something I wasn't supposed to touch. I don't know. And so I'm really thankful that you offered to print them out because, um, Ours would not have looked as professional. 
That's not the only funder that's asking that. I found another I one. I heard of another one. Yeah. Um, I also know that you all have applied to the same funder who is uh, calling with decisions right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're waiting. Yeah. Calling when none of us are in the office. Thank none you of, so much. We're uh, scrambling right now to find out how to check our voicemails. Fuck you. <laughs> I know. That's ridiculous. We're all working from home and you're going to call us? Well, and then the email we got this morning was that the calls are taking longer than expected, so she hasn't finished them yet. Y- just email us. Just tell us if we got funded or not. Just rip the Band-Aid off and email us. Oh, it makes me so angry. I know. I know. Anyway, so back to what- the topic at hand. <laughs> Trainings. Oh, yes. So what are our takeaways? today well i still had one more thing i want to talk about oh gosh okay never mind sorry well thank you back it up um so have you been part of a training ever where uh there where it was free uh webinar or in-person based and then there was some assumption of uh some follow-up you know maybe a company that wanted to further discuss their products with you or something like that oh yes Uh uh-huh absolutely like it's a pitch it's a pitch, yeah. It makes me think of like those, uh, um, what do you call them? Where you get like so many weeks at a rental property. What is that called? Oh, timeshares. Yes, timeshare. Thank you. Yeah. A timeshare pitch. Yeah, yeah. Which or, my parents love doing, side note. <laughs> I secretly love a good timeshare myself. But um, yes, it's like I forced Gabriel to do a workout with me yesterday and it was a quote unquote free workout, sample workout from Beachbody. But I told him, <laughs> I just, hey, just a heads up, this is also a sales pitch. So just kind of like tune out all of the salesy stuff that they're talking about during it. And he's like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, don't worry. You know, when they're trying to talk about their different programs and how much it is a month, just tune that out. Just do what they're doing. Just follow the exercises. So, so yes. <laughs> Exactly like that. How did Gabriel do with that? Well, we got through it. It was a, it was a good workout, but it was annoying as hell because they're just constantly, you know, trying to get you to sign up for the real thing. Right. Yeah. I, I can see where he would not enjoy that. No. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of our local foundations uh, partnered with a company, a CRM, um, and they did some training. I don't know. It was, it was some months ago. And all of a sudden, I have been inundated with calls and emails from them. From the CRM company? Yeah. They're relentless. Yeah. Well, they stalk me on LinkedIn. They're all over. They're everywhere. Everywhere you turn around. There's a phone call or an email or you're getting friended here or chatted up there. (laughs) They're TikToking you. They're (laughs) TikToking I wish. Maybe I would actually go with them if they sent me a TikTok. Speaking of, did you see that my corner of the universe is wanting you to TikTok so hard? No. Really? That podcast that we were on? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now I have to do it. I have a friend of mine who has two teenage sons and she has devoted this quarantine time to learning how to TikTok. And every oh day, <laughs> it's a new video. And she finally talked one of her sons into doing one with her. She had her husband in one. They're hysterical. So maybe oh I need God, to call so her. Good. Get you the 411. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. 
I'm doing. I'm making a pledge right now. Okay, we're gonna check in next week on that. Okay, by so this will go out next week. Uh-huh. So by the next week, that gives me two weeks. I will have a TikTok. Yeah, but next Monday I'm gonna ask you, so you gotta have it by Monday. Okay, okay, fair. fair. <laughs> I have a week. I can do it. You know, the other thing we have to check in on, did you cut your husband's hair? Are you amazing at no, it? No, but he needs it so bad. It's going to happen. It has to happen this week. It has to. It's unruly. Um, I've also, he's growing his beard out and um, I've put some parameters around that. I mean, I love a good beard. Don't get me wrong. But note I said good beard. So um, I'm. Yeah. Important uh, distinction. Yeah. So that he's got to clean some stuff up. I'm thinking about getting him a beard oil. Yeah, those are so nice. I know. Like, I'm telling you, you got to brush it, you know? Yeah. Let's be Get a pro. Get kit. Let's like be... a beer brush, oil, the whole nine. He'll love it. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do it, let's be pro about it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know, on that note... <laughs> This is the most unfocused episode we've ever had, but that's okay. Because we're right. in the middle of a pandemic and everything is okay right now. It is a great, it's insight into our brains right now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I actually sat down to try to work yesterday because I've got this big report due that I haven't finished. I got so far as to like putting in brackets, add something here, and then I just shut it down. <laughs> this is just not working. Well, so can I now say what are our takeaways? Sure. I don't know that I have any, but ask it. Okay. So what are our takeaways, Nia? Um, you get what you pay for. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> Some of the free ones really are If good, you're but- a presenter, you're never going to satisfy Nia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of truth in that, actually. Uh, but I think, actually, maybe one of the takeaways is, you know, as nonprofit staff, your time is valuable. So if you find yourself on one of these webinars and it's just not going well and you're not getting what you need out of it, I'm, I'm giving you permission, drop, right? Like just drop, catch the recording later, maybe. I mean, that's what I've been doing just cause I don't have time when they yep. are doing them live. Um, it is a great time, I think, to build some skills and to even think more critically. I actually, I had a session last week with, um, my team to talk about our internal systems as a consulting firm and it's it's a great time to be doing that kind of thing and looking at what our options are. So if you've got the time and space to do that, awesome. But just recognize that there's, there are varying levels of quality and you don't need to feel committed to an hour and a half session when in the first 15 minutes you realize it's not a fit. I love it. That's great. Great advice. And I think from the presenter's point of view, using real world experience um, is always beneficial using multiple perspectives. So, so not catering to just one type of organization, or if you're going to at least advertise it as such. Yeah. So you're not wasting anybody else's time. Totally. Yeah. This is logic models 101 for human service organizations. Like, right. Leave it there. Exactly. Um, and when you can, including, um, and incorporating, points of view from different, uh, different organizations. So have the, the voice of the nonprofits present in your presentation. Mm -hmm. And I would say the other thing right now, since everything is web-based, you know, really utilize, um, 
different tools to engage, right? Like, do not turn this into a dry psych 101 presentation like I had in college. Like, really engage your audience so that they can understand the content better and therefore utilize it better. Yeah. Great. I think that's it. Do you have anything else? No. I think that was great. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It is what it is at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But I think this is a great example, too, of... If you all have ideas and topics, please send them our way. It might become an episode. Shout out to Shauna for making this one happen. True. And as I'm sitting here and we're talking about wasting people's time, I'm totally, (laughs) totally (laughs) nervous that we're talking about wasting people's time. And then we just did that for the last half an hour. At least they didn't pay for it. Truth. (laughs) Truth. Um, also exciting news. Stay tuned. We have been asked to be guests on another podcast. We're going to be recording that next. Yeah. God, I hope that goes better than this did. (laughs) This has been our warm up. (laughs) So we can perform better on their podcast than our own. Exactly. (laughs) So stay tuned for those details. We'll let you know, um, and help promote that podcast, our podcast friends. Um, so yeah, okay. follow us, email us, make sure you're subscribed to this wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on all of the platforms, so make sure you're getting all the content every week. And don't forget, now is the time if you have the capacity to keep supporting your local nonprofits, give and give generously. Thanks so much. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com. And Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.